of the Soul is now in its 25th year of broadcasting. Tune in live or visit the archives at newsforthesoul.com. That's newsforthesoul.com. Next on News for the Soul, Light Body Healing with Dr. Lara. Dr. Lara is a functional medicine health coach, an advanced practice clinical pharmacist specialist, master intuitive healer and channel, and international teacher and speaker on a mission to empower you to take an active role in your healing journey to achieve holistic health mastery of the mind, body and spirit. Dr. Lara combines energy medicine with functional medicine to facilitate healing at the root level. Call in now to speak with Dr. Lara today. 646-595-4274 646-595-4274 Please welcome Dr. Lara back to News for the Soul. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Light Body Healing. I am your host, Dr. Lara May, and I'm really excited to have with us today Amanda Elise Love a registered holistic nutritionist who teaches women how to cook simple but delicious, allergy-friendly, healthy meals and to integrate a holistic approach through mind, body, and spirit. Amanda also has a long history of illness herself, which culminated with a diagnosis of fibromyalgia at the age of 20. This caused debilitating pain in other aspects of her life. And because of this, she made it her life mission to teach others how to cook allergy-friendly food and lead a holistic life. She holds a diploma as a registered holistic nutritionist and certificates in gut health, culinary nutrition, and more. Amanda is also the host of a podcast called Physical Emotional Health Secrets, which has reached over 130 episodes. She has also been a feature guest on over 70 podcasts and TV shows, such as Biz TV. She also has been a speaker at many summits and panels across the country. And she is a co-author of a book called Trauma to Triumph. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to get started by just hearing more about your story. And if it's not too personal, like telling us your story from your illness through your healing path and how you found, I'm sure this is part of what you teach now is part of what you found to be the solution for you, uh, which is the case for so many of us. So I'd really love to hear about that. Yeah. So I have a story. My story is um, that I was born six weeks early and my one day my grandmother, she just recently told me that she's like, Oh yeah, your parents, like they went out and you had like a machine to help you breathe and they didn't really use it because, whatever reason and she's like oh you stopped breathing and so she had to do CPR and she had never done that and like she had been a nurse and stuff like that and like automatically you're you go right into like trauma I feel like with that all of that going on and the fact that I was just always always sick like sick like every single week, sinus infections, like fevers. Um, At one point I would run high temperatures and then for several years, even if my temperature just went up and it was like a normal temperature, like I would be down. And this was like for 10 days at a time. This wasn't like 
a couple days. It was like 10 days. And you add in hormones, like I didn't have any of that, right? So for me personally, I was like, why am I sick all the time? Why am I dealing with this all the time, right? And one of the things also was going on was my parents divorced when I was six. My dad remarried when I was eight years old. And so there's trauma going over to that house and like all of that, right? So for me, like from eight to like almost 14 years old, it was a lot of like stuffing my emotions, like I tell people. And that's the big thing I tell people. I think a lot of times with your health condition, you are stuffing your emotions to the point where it's going to make you sick. And once we moved out of California to Arizona, I was still sick. Four to six weeks sick. Like constantly, constantly sick. And I had learning difficulties. School never came easy also. So the next, like the big thing was I graduated high school. Somehow I graduated high school. But probably because I just had a driven personality and stuff like that. Um, but I took a personal training program, did a six-month course, and two weeks later, I turned 20 years old, and all of a sudden, I was just in so much pain. I was so fatigued. I was so exhausted. I couldn't get out of bed, and that was a big thing. That was more difficult than what I had previously gone through. And 10 minutes later, I went to one of the top rheumatology places in Arizona, and they were like, you have fibromyalgia. Wow. So I ha were you on, like, chronic antibiotics also? Um, I don't even know what I was on. I feel like I think I – I'm pretty sure I was on antibiotics, like, all the time. Like, and as a so, kid, yeah. Yeah, as a kid, I just went on antibiotics constantly. And I think that also played a part too. And just the stress level, because my dad's wife was like very mean, like emotionally and stuff like that. And like the courts got involved that last year and stuff like that. So that was a big stress. And like sometimes I wouldn't even go out of the, out of the house, even though we were supposed to go visit our dad and stuff. I wouldn't even go out of the house because I was that scared and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, I feel like there's so many things that played a part in my health journey. Wow. That's really powerful. And so what brought you to the other side? What got you um, – what did you find that was, you know, your solution or, you know, many, I'm sure there's many pieces of your solution. <laughs> well, it's, my solution was like, it took a while to find something. Because when I went to the rheumatology place, they were like, okay, here's the medication, the Balta. You find out it's an antidepressant. If people look it up, it's on drugs like drugs.com website. It's great to look up prescriptions, stuff like that. But, like, that was their only solution. And they were like, well, you could do physical therapy. 
like, how's that supposed to help with the pain? And like, I was now to me, it, it's very funny looking back because I was like, how's that supposed to help? Like fibromyalgia is not an overweight issue. And I was always been like small and like, and everything, not ever overweight. And so I would do the weights and I would do the swimming and I would just come out crying because I was in so much pain. I was so exhausted. I was so fatigued. And like, that was the thing. And when there was like a pain management place right next to the physical therapy and they were like, my grandma was like, well, should we do that? And my, and the rheumatology place was like, sure. And we did pain. I did a pain management thing, which was them shooting like a huge needle into my whole back, my neck, all the trigger points and you're awake and your blood sugar crashes to a point where like you have to have sugar and cookies to have to bring it back up. And I would just cry. I would somehow get through the appointment and cry because I was in so much pain. And they wanted me to do two, no, three treatments. And I only did two. My grandma was not, is like, you're not doing that. And so, oh, like, that sounds awful. Yeah, it was the most awful thing. And with fibromyalgia, they'll like tell you, they'll be like, well, if you have 14 of the 18, like, tender points and they hurt out of the 18 then you probably have it but also with fibromyalgia you have other symptoms like you can't sleep you can't you have brain fog or you can't focus you might have some digestive problems and stuff like that you have sleep issues so those are like the top couple but yeah it was like a crazy thing and looking back I'm like I don't that's quite a journey um and it's like okay yeah I found so I actually fast forward to the spring of the next year my grandmother found a newspaper clipping said wellness talks by a wellness chiropractor and he he said to her if your granddaughter's been sick for since she was 20 years old she's been very sick a very very long time and so that's when she was like a light bulb went off in her head and she's like, oh, he really gets it and stuff like that. And that's been 11 years. It was 2011. I was 21 years old at the time. And he was, he told her, he's like, yeah, she needs to do some saliva testing. She needs to do some cortisol testing. My cortisol was high and everything um and he was also like okay she has two genes that predispose her to a gluten sensitivity she has a soy sensitivity she has egg sensitivity she has a dairy sensitivity and that was like that happened like I went off elimination diet and but I think I worked with him for about eight months and I did chiropractic stuff because he was a chiropractor and like some other supplements and I don't remember what else because it's been so long ago but I tell people I feel like even though that was when I was 21 like I still was 
it took a while to get my body back and stuff for sure. Yeah. And I, I think I never, well, not really back because I never had it like healthy in the first place, but I tell people it's like, yeah, I, food plays such a huge part, but what is our relationship like? What is our trauma like? What is like supplements? What's our lifestyle like? It's not just one thing. Like I tell people, so 2020, I lost that grandmother who raised me. And so, and my dog, like 12 days before. And like, I had had him through my 20s. I had him from 16 up to like, whatever, 30. I don't know the math. But so, um, yeah. And I lost him 12 days before her. And so I was like, okay, I'm getting involved in a grief thing. And I did that through my church. And I signed up like the week I knew she was going to pass, started it, did all 13 weeks. And for me, I'm like, that's a big thing. It's like, do things that you might not want to do and they're not the funnest, but they'll move you forward. And then last year was all about getting out of Arizona, moving to Austin, getting out of like a toxic home environment type of thing and this year which is not really fun but it's something I talked about a lot on my podcast is getting through that grief and stuff like that because that is something where it needs you need to forgive people and sometimes you don't realize you haven't forgiven someone until you're like it's it's pushed to the front and then you're like okay I still have to forgive some people Absolutely. And, you know, they say forgiveness is an act of selfish, but self-love. And I totally agree because we forgive people for our own benefit because holding on to that, whether it's grief, resentment, anger, any of those, all those feelings. And we, like you said earlier, we shove them in different places. We hold on to them. We don't let go. All that does is damage us and our bodies and our minds and our thoughts. It has nothing to do with the other person that we're holding the, you know, the negative emotions towards. So absolutely, I would definitely agree for anyone out there. If you're holding on to any of that stuff, just let it go. And that's, you know, in the best way that you know how, get someone to guide you through it. It's definitely something that you don't need or shouldn't go through alone. And, um, but it's, you know, definitely worth the processing. And sometimes we just have to provide that space to allow ourselves to feel those feelings and allow them to pass through it. I think that's the other thing that, that comes up that we don't really, that we're not taught, especially as Westerners, is how to feel and process the feelings. And then they'll be gone. They, they, you know, then we move on, but instead we resist and then they just stay with us because we're resisting. And that, you know, that good saying of what, what you resist persists is so true. And it's even more true with our thoughts and emotions. I feel like. Yeah. And I totally agree because like, that was me. I was like a couple months ago where I was just like, I'm like, okay, and I just, like, got pushed to the front, 
And I'm like, I don't really want to deal with this. I don't want to be crying. <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with all these emotions. Because I was like, this is exhausting. And like, like, memories were coming up from like childhood that I hadn't even thought of in like, whatever, 20 something years. And I'm like, this is hard. But like, I had something where they're like, they walked me through it. They're like, oh, can you forgive this person? Like, can you speak a blessing into them and like say stuff positive about that person? Which that part was more easy for me, um, just because that's my personality and I like to be like that. But like, it was brutal. And I was like, this is hard as could be. And like, I did it in April. And I also did it like two weeks ago. And I'm like, I feel like I'm so much healthier now. Like, just like mentally and everything else, just because I've done those two times. And like, I've forgiven those people. So I could have new relationships in my life. And I'm not bringing that into those new relationships. Right. And I think that's a good point too. you know, being aware because most of the time we're not aware of how much we're bringing the past into our present and then therefore our future too. Right. And so when we don't process or deal or even acknowledge with awareness of any of that stuff, then we automatically bring it forward. And then, then we we were wondering why, you know, does this cycle keep happening or why does this pattern keep showing up? And then sometimes we blame mercury and retrograde and, (laughs) you know, all these things. And it's really like, it's, it's our crap (laughs) that, you know, sometimes yes, it happened to us, but that doesn't mean that like we need to, or have to live in a place of victimhood. Like we have the power to, to process to heal to forgive to move on and when we can release that then we get to move forward in our life in such a new way in a way that we get to create and we get to decide you know how it unfolds and what it looks like and I think that's so powerful when people finally realize that and embrace the process of all of those things you just spoke about of all the you know um really just the processing of the experiences and the emotions and being willing to, you know, give up the judgment too, as you were talking about your journey. I was thinking about mine too, when I was going through different processes of, you know, forgiveness and grief processing. And one of the tools that helped me a lot, um, Gabby Bernstein has a book called The Judgment Detox. And from that title, you wouldn't think that it, has anything to do with grief or you know or trauma or anything like that but a lot of times when we're again in these cycles of these negative emotions it's because we're judging ourselves we're judging other people and and so just that her and that's not a long book and it's almost like a workbook and it takes you stepwise through different ways to bring in awareness forgive yourself to learn how to be gentle with yourself And I think that as we learn how to be gentle with ourselves and loving with ourselves, then we're able to start taking those steps towards forgiveness and compassion and, you know, really 
allowing that gentleness to come into even those horrible, you know, relationships. But with that, then you can let them go. What do you yeah. think? And I think that's so true. And like, as women, we judge ourselves so much. And like, that it was our fault for whatever that situation was, and stuff like that, or we weren't good enough and stuff like that. And that's what I realized was like, okay, there was something that happened with a friend and I'm a couple months ago and I realized, okay, I think it's probably like not really about him, what sort of is, but it was more related back to like things that happened in my childhood, right? And stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, okay, I really that was what like sort of forced me to be like, okay, I gotta deal with some trauma stuff that I didn't even think I had left, right? And I think that's the thing. Sometimes the trauma comes when you least expect it. And it's not the funnest. Like, I spent, like, a couple months, like, just, like, completely melted down because I was just, like, I don't want to journal out what I'm feeling. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, this isn't fun. But I forced myself to do it. But, like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do that. And be like, okay, I got to cry all these emotions out. And I'm not the type where I'm like, want to cry every single day and stuff like that. So that was like a lot for me. I'm more of the type where I'm like, okay, I'll cry for two minutes and they'll be like, okay, let's move on. And that's not healthy. But like, that's my thing I'm working on. It's like, I'm like, if somebody hurts me, it's okay to be sad. You don't have to continue to work or you don't have to distract yourself and that's the thing I think a lot of times as women we distract ourselves when we're hurt oh for sure for sure with food with Netflix with alcohol with work yeah yeah so many ways that we distract ourselves we keep ourselves busy so we don't have to feel the feelings and you're right it's not fun to feel those feelings but I think that's again something that we're not taught is that if we just allow ourselves to feel the feelings then they're you know they don't keep coming up it's you know when we try to ignore them uh, that they just they keep bubbling (laughs) right (laughs) yeah I think that's so true it's just they once you go through it then you're on the other side and stuff like that of course you're going to have other people to forget because we always have something happening in our lives where maybe there's someone not the best to us or there's something that happens a couple of years later and stuff like that. Or maybe some other memory from that same person that didn't come up comes up. But at least you're feeling better and stuff like that. And you don't realize how much it, like, affects your health until, like, you do it and stuff and people just don't we don't talk about forgiving people and most of the time it's about okay well my what can I do for what I'm meaning it's not okay forgiveness or dealing with that trauma yeah yeah absolutely so let's talk about what you do with your clients and excuse me and how you bring all of this together for them. So when someone comes to you, 
do you start with the food and then you know and then like bring in some of the uh, emotional stuff as it comes up or what's your what's your approach so my approach is like I am the type where I'm like I want to know everything about you because I feel like every single thing is a holistic approach so what is your spirituality do you believe in God what is your mindset what is your trauma what is your food what is supplements I feel like one of the number one things I tell people, if your sleep is out of whack, then pretty much you won't be able to do those other recommendations because I feel like sleep, if we don't get our sleep, we don't have the energy, we don't have the motivation to do anything, we feel like a truck has hit us, and then we're going to reach for those cookies, we're going to reach for the ice cream, right? So. I tell people sleep is very important, but for me, I'm like, okay, what are all your things? What are you dealing with? And let's make a plan that works for you and what you're going through. I think that's the thing. As women, we think, oh, I should try keto. I should try intermittent fasting. I should try paleo. I should try all these things. And it doesn't take into account our bodies as women. Sometimes we're dealing with hormones. Like sometimes we're dealing with stress. Sometimes we're having a baby, like, or we're nursing a baby. My sister just had a four-month-old, so she's nursing, right? So why do we think that it's always, like, whatever I could do for, like, my friend is doing, it's going to work for me. And we all have, like, different, we're all different ages, too. So... What works for me as a 32-year-old might not work for someone who's in their 50s. So let's do, let's do a 90-minute health history and get all the facts first, and then let's make a plan for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think also too we we're bombarded with all of this information from the media, from all the books that are out there. And I think a lot of times we just don't know where to turn, like which way to go. And, you know, we see maybe like you brought up keto, like maybe that worked for my friend over here. So I'll try that. But like you said, like that doesn't take into account, especially for women, keto can be really stressful. And, you know, and I remember when, all the keto thing all first came out and they're like, Oh, it's different than, you know, Adkins, blah, blah, blah. And it took a while for us to realize that keto is, can be good, but for a woman versus a man, keto is completely different. If a woman stays in keto 365 days a year, she's most likely going to screw up her thyroid and her adrenal glands or like throw herself into some other hormone imbalance. So ideally, if a woman wants to try keto, they should cycle in and out of it. And we know that now, but it took us a long time to discover that because the information just wasn't there yet. And so, you know, I think that's a perfect example of, like you said, you you know, your sister who's nursing, that like requires special, like specialty foods to help your body like nourish itself and, you know, keep those hormones in balance and, and all of these things that, you know, once your body is done nursing that you don't necessarily need to keep doing. So I love that, that like you look at where the person is 
And I like to also ask people, like, what's your happy end result? So let's start there. Like, we'll get a full picture, but right. tell me what you want the end result to be. And then that also gives me an idea of of sort of the priorities of what we need to address in what order. That's actually really good because I think it lets people know that you are taking into account what they want and stuff like that. And I think a lot of times, I think people need the accountability. I feel like that's a big part too is like, okay, you could do this and stuff like that also. And people, I think a lot of times people don't realize, okay, if you're, not drinking water and you start drinking water okay you've been doing that for 21 days that's an achievement that's a small little achievement what like you've been sleeping better but like a lot of times people don't realize how far they've come with their house because they don't keep track of it so then that's where you someone could come in and say okay you did this and that's a improvement look you're getting better sleep you have more energy you're able to play with your kids like that's a huge deal. You should be celebrating that. Yeah, I love having my clients uh, keep a journal. And it's not, I, you know, I think there's this old school thought. It's like, oh, you write everything down so then you can scrutinize it later. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is not a game well, of how much harder can I beat up on myself. <laughs> exactly. This is all about data gathering so that we can see, like, okay, what did you eat? You know, because a lot of times I will also start my clients on some sort of elimination if yeah. we don't already know. A lot of people these days will come to me and they already know certain things about themselves, like the the allergies that you discovered and the sensitivities. But, you know, some people don't. So if then we go down that route of elimination, which that's why a journal is even more important so that you can take note, okay, how am I feeling today? And like you said, like, then you can look back and say, oh, look, over this week, I have started to feel so much better. And, you know, on the day they have that session with you, they might not feel so good. And we're so caught up with how we feel in that one moment that we don't give ourselves credit for all of the improvements that we did and all of, you know, like how good we were with not having the dairy or not having the sugar, whatever it is that we're, you know, trying to eliminate so that we can heal and and get healthier so yeah absolutely um, food journals are really important and it's all about discovery and again like it's I think it's a good practice too to help train you and train all of us to be gentle with ourselves so that we can look at a piece of information and not immediately and automatically beat up on ourselves for it yeah, that's a practice. It takes practice, I think. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Everything takes practice. And it's all about, okay, you don't have to do all the things at once. And that's the thing, too. As women, I think we think, oh, I got to change my diet. I got to change my relationships. I got to be doing this. I got to change my sleep. And yeah, that's going to burn you out and stuff. So what can, what's one small thing that you could, that will make a big impact in all aspects of your life? So maybe it's the sleep and stuff, that will affect your relationships, that will affect how you're eating, that will affect what you're doing and stuff like that. So I think that's the thing is that we, society pushes, oh, you got to do all of this. It's New Year's Eve or it's whatever. It's 
the beginning of fall. And that's like the two times of the year where people are like, oh, I'm really going to change everything. But everybody gets burnt out because they chew too much. And they can't, they don't take into account their lifestyle, everything that's going on. And that's why you have like health, like holistic nutritionists and stuff like that, because they could start you slowly and they'll help you give the side guidance to helping you with whatever your accountability goals are. Yeah, I don't know at what point we ever thought that changing everything all at once would be realistic <laughs> and sustainable and successful. Like, where did that even come from? But you're so right. Like, you know, the new year, New Year's resolutions, let's change everything. It's like, no, that's not how it happens. It's a stepwise, you know, pro process. <laughs> that's true. And I feel like everybody thinks you, you're like, oh, we have to get it done, like, the next week or we – and everybody just falls off after a couple of weeks. And it's like, you have your whole life. So what are you doing this? Maybe you don't have to do all the health goals this year. Maybe it's just like I was doing the grieve in 2020, 21 was um, moving and stuff, environment, and 2022 is the trauma stuff. But you're still taking, like you still have done, you're still doing other things probably too that you just learn over the years and it's just like a habit and stuff like that. Maybe you're still doing your eating healthy and your exercise, but you're more focused on one area. Like I've been like allergy friendly for like 11 years. So that's like same for, it's common for me, right? It's not like something else to think about. The trauma thing is newer. So that's my big focus. But right. Right, but you're not going to have you're going to have times where things aren't going to be like it's going to be up and down and stuff like that, and it's okay not to and don't beat yourself up if you aren't eating as good as you were eating a couple months ago, or you you're not working out or whatever it is. Maybe you're going through a stressful situation and you just need some downtime and. You don't need, you don't have it, want to meal prep as much, and that's okay. Yeah, I think that people don't, I don't, and that's so funny, like, why we're so conditioned to think that everything should be a certain way all the time. Like, we should be happy all the time, or we should be energetic all the time. No, like, everything on this planet ebbs and flows. There is nothing that is completely the same all the time and it's the same with our bodies our hormones fluctuate naturally they're supposed to our neurotransmitters that you know affect our sleep they fluctuate naturally because they're supposed to and right. so if we could also just it's normal for us to feel energetic at times and especially as women with our cycles happening and even if you don't have a quote-unquote normal or regular cycle, your body is still going through fluctuations and ebbs and flows. And so if we, yeah, could just be, again, like learn how to be gentle and accept that part of us that's natural instead of trying to like fit ourselves into this mold over here that is not natural at all. No. And and I, yeah, I don't even know like who came up with these different definitions of 
Well, that's the thing too. It's not normal. And like, I was talking to my sister about this. It's not normal. We're not guys. So we have different things and like certain weeks might be a little more, we might be tired. We might be not wanting to be more social. And like, those are the times where we need to rest the most. Instead as women, we push, 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 push. And like, for me, I try not to do like, I don't really want to talk as much or be as social right before my period and stuff like that. And that's okay. I just make sure not to schedule things during that time and get more downtime and more me time and stuff like that. And it's okay to say no to people if things happen during that time of the month where you're just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go out. I'd rather watch a movie and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's kind of do like a a 90 degree turn here and, and you've sort of alluded to it um, a little bit, but like meal prepping. So this might sound a little random to our listeners out here, (laughs) but I I think it, it, we can, you know, weave it in, in terms of um, setting ourselves up for success, you know, providing ourselves that little bit of structure. But then I find that when I'm prepared with my food, that, that also actually gives me flexibility. Um, So like when I bring my food to work with me, let's say, but then there's, you know, food that's catered. Oh, okay. Well now I have the option because a lot of times with, you know, catered food at work, it's not friendly to those of us that have allergies and sensitivities. So, so then I'm really happy that I brought my own food <laughs> because I'm like, oh, good, I'm not going to starve to death, and I have food that my body likes. So um, tell us about your perspective and your approach to meal prepping. Yeah, so for my approach to meal prepping is, like, make it easy, I feel like. A lot of times people are like, okay, I'm going to have to do 21 meals and all at once and I'm like well if you're starting out with like meal prepping like and this is like your first time doing it or your first couple times doing it start with maybe like two meals that two different like recipes so that's what I tell people so like maybe you're just doing overnight oats and then doing like a stir fry and maybe those are and you do that for a couple weeks right and then you start being like oh I can do maybe three a couple recipes like a week I mean not a week but like during the day right so maybe you do three to four in one day and that helps you throughout the week right and like I tell people okay so how can you like use your time wise can you like like when you come home from the store or when you order the groceries, can you cut up those vegetables so then it's all ready to go for that dinner at like five o'clock or is it or is it ready for the next day or what can you do, right? Do it a little bit ahead of time, right? So you don't have, you're saving that time. But also a lot of times when you're cooking, you could be preparing it for other meals, right? If you throw things in the crock pot and and that's just going to be like sitting on your 
counter toss for like hours, you could be preparing a other meal or a couple meals at the same time or using your oven and roasting sweet potatoes or whatever you're doing. And then you could also be cooking on your stove top. So like, that's the thing too, is like, make sure like you choose recipes that you could do a bunch of things with. Okay, maybe you have, you make protein, okay? Like maybe you make chicken and like, you make some chicken for just like, to have with chicken, broccoli, and sweet potatoes, and then maybe the chicken is used in like a soup or or like something else, right? Be very strategic with what you're doing with cooking, I think, and don't make it hard too. You don't need a recipe that's like 20 ingredients. If that is not like, if you hate to cook, you're not going to continue to cook make it like five (laughs) ingredients or less like do something simple like a salad with some chicken like a good dressing like there's amazing healthy dressings and like some avocado and like add some tomatoes and like add some sort of seed or nuts and like make it simple and don't overcomplicate yeah, absolutely. Um, I love your your thought of, or your idea about um, cooking up, or sorry, cutting up the vegetables as soon as you go home from the grocery store. That's a you know, because then that kind of like space saving in your refrigerator too. Like if you cut them up and put them in a container right away, yeah. then you have then you have more room in your you know like crisper drawer or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I know my husband for his, he will sometimes meal prep for his lunch, for his work lunches. And he likes to do like a ridiculous amount. And when I say ridiculous, I mean like three months. Oh, wow. He tries to, it's a lot, but he gets overwhelmed. He's like, this is so much. I'm like, yeah, because you're trying to do like three months of food all at once. Cause he, he's very, he can eat like the same thing for lunch every day. And right. God bless him for that. Not everyone can do that. They need some more variety. But, um, yeah, so he'll buy, you know, a huge amount of, like, peppers. And then, you know, however long it takes to, like, cut up all those peppers. And then, you know, he's, like, he's tired. He's, like, oh, now I have to make the meat. It's, like, well, you could do the meat tomorrow since the vegetables are done now. (laughs) So I think that's something else, like, we – that sometimes I don't think is talked about enough is – you can divide it up over like several little sessions. You don't have to have like a whole day to do food prep because for some people that's again, like also not feasible. Like they have, maybe they're, you know, they have a bunch of kids and the kids are always doing something. So when are they going to get a full day to just meal prep? So yeah, like divide it up into smaller sessions, right? Yeah. And I, what I tell people too, it's like, it all depends on how much food you're making and stuff like that. And some days you're going to be busier and you're going to have something at night. So then you could pull out that whatever from your refrigerator and be like, okay, at least I have a healthy meal to feed the kids before they go to like soccer practice or something. But looking, I think one of the biggest things is, okay, looking at your schedule, either whatever night you it works for you. So if you start your like, Maybe Monday night you look at your schedule and you're like, 
okay, for the next week, I have this, this, this going on. And looking at your schedule and be like, okay, I really need a meal prep. Where can I put it into my schedule? And it's not going to be overwhelming. And, and sometimes you don't have to like have it all figured out and stuff like that too. I tell people, but make sure you have your, like some of your meals, meal prepped and stuff like that. And so sometimes you have time at night so you could, you don't have to meal prep for that night, right? But it's really helpful to meal prep because things come up and it's good to always be prepared and be like, okay, I'm tired. I don't really, and stuff like that. So I have whatever in the fridge, right? Yeah, I think um, the scheduling is a big, is a big help. And I, I you know, I, and this is something that I don't do consistently. I go through spurts where, and I should do it more is just schedule out the week, you know, like set aside, wake up early, like maybe Sunday morning or Monday morning and just schedule out your week then. So then you just know the rest of your week is going to flow. You already know, like you're going to put everything in your calendar and how it's going to like all fit. And so then that also takes away a, the level of stress for the rest of the week because you eliminate that variable of chaos to an extent. Like, can we always eliminate chaos in our lives? I don't know. Always, always is a strong word. So I would say no, (laughs) but can we minimize it? Yeah, we can minimize it. (laughs) And that's the thing too. It's like, it takes a lot of stress off. And a lot of times I think people don't realize how poor the meal prepping is because They think it's just a lot of work, but think about it this way. Yeah, you have to prepare. Maybe one day you're looking at recipes, and then one day you're grocery shopping, and then you might have another day cooking, but it saves you so much time, and you're not always thinking, oh, what's for dinner? What's for lunch? What's for breakfast, right? Like, for me, it's like, okay. For me, I like that it's good because I'm like, okay, I have food already cooked up. I just have to pick which meal that I want to have. I've, I'll have like a couple different recipes and intermix like lunch and dinner and stuff like that. But like breakfast is like simple. It's overnight oats and with fruit and chia seeds or it might be a smoothie. So I don't always in like need a, I don't prepare smoothies ahead. Some people do, but I don't do that. Um, I don't feel like I need to, but like lunch and dinner is like those meals where it's like, so that is like more prep time, I feel like. And that's the time when people are the busiest and stuff like that, or they're the most tired because they, or they're at work and stuff like that. So I think those are the meals that are the most important to meal prep. Yeah. And I think, people need to realize that decision fatigue is a real thing. So the more decisions that you have to make through your day, eventually by the end of your day, you're going to be exhausted just from making decisions. And it happens to all of us. Some of us are a little bit more, you know, prone to it based on our career and how stressful our, you know, our jobs are or, but 
but so the amount of decisions that you can eliminate for yourself just by planning ahead is so powerful and can really give you a huge amount of bandwidth back in your brain power. So if you are suffering from brain fog or fatigue, the, these are tools that can really, really help you have that uh, bandwidth and that um, power to give to something else, which then will help you feel hopefully more productive, more fulfilled, you know, more energetic in a different way. Exactly. It's just a lot of it's a lot of space in your mind, and we have so many decisions constantly. There's this statistic, and I don't know the like how many thoughts go through our mind every day, but it's crazy amount where we're like, okay, we're always deciding something. Like we don't think we are, and then we're like, oh wait, I have this big decision, which takes up a lot of energy and strength. And sometimes it's good to be able to be like, okay, I have food ready. And that's one less thing I have to think about during the day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So do you feel like there are some pantry staples that people should always have available to them? And if so, what are they? I always say the best things to have are like, I always say like having rice, sweet potatoes, that type of thing. Um, I always tell people, okay, it's okay if you have, it's not horrible if you have like canned stuff. Of course, you probably don't want to have it all the time, but like making sure you have onions and stuff like that. And then figuring out, okay, I always have whatever protein you have in the house. Okay, what do you have protein wise? And making sure you always have like the protein and then a lot of times you just have to get the vegetables and stuff, like, right? And making sure you have seasonings because I think a lot of people think, well, I could just have broccoli, but it doesn't taste too good to me or whatever because they're used mm-hmm. to the salt and the sugar and the fast food and right. So make your food taste good. Like, that's my thing. That's why I love to teach people about food and how to cook is because I'm like, you don't have to have horrible, like, food in your life. You can have food that tastes delicious and healthy and nourishes your body and not, like, not have, like, food that is, like, chemicals and, like, just it, start, it will eventually destroy what your body is about. Uh, or And also the eating healthy doesn't have to be bland either. Yeah. And I think that like when we think about, you know, what Western medicine says, you know, like eliminate salt from your diet or do all these things. And then people just assume that that means that they're going to be eating tasteless food, which is not the case. Um, so, you know, be adventurous, have fun with it, experiment and, you know, try things that are approachable for you. And I love that idea of just picking, you know, one or two recipes, doing a few days at a time. And so then, like, you do have variety available to you. But, I, but again, like, it's, that decision is already taken care of. You can check that box off and you can, ha- you know, leave that bandwidth for your brain for other things. 
So um, just finishing up here, is there anything else that we haven't discussed or touched on that you want to bring forward? I would like to bring forward and like, this is the thing is I tell people, keep it simple and don't overcomplicate it. We don't need to overcomplicate it. And that's the big message from this podcast is like, work on one thing at a time. And then when you finally feel good at that, then do the next step, right? Don't overwhelm yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fabulous advice. I love it. So where can everyone find you? Yeah, everyone can find me. Um, it's Amanda Leaf Love. It's on, I'm on Facebook mostly and um, Instagram just a little bit. So, And they could join my free Facebook group, Physical Emotional Health Secrets. And that is the name of the podcast, too. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, I wish you the best of luck. And everyone out there, if you are looking for a great coach and nutritionist, definitely um, give Amanda um, a look up and check out her work. And we will um, catch you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.